This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Okay, let's talk about the eruption of that volcano in New Zealand now. The White Island volcano was actually a tourist attraction in New Zealand. There were tourists on the island when it erupted. At least six people killed, many more injured, including people who suffered some terrible burns. My guest is Glenn Williams-Jones. He's a professor of volcanology. He's a volcano expert at Simon Fraser University, co-director for the Center for Natural Hazards Research. Glenn, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Are you familiar with this uh, White Island volcano? Yes, I, I've not had the, the opportunity to visit, but um, it's it's a obviously a very active volcano, um, and as we've seen just uh, over the last few days, uh, unfortunately, a very dangerous one. What w- what went through your mind when you first heard that this this volcano had erupted and there were people on the island? Uh, I mean, just like whenever we see these kinds of uh, of events, I mean, really, it's a disaster for for the people, their families, and you also think of the all of the other professionals who are involved in the response um, in these you know real crisis situations. Yeah, do you think it's this was an, an active volcano that there were tour companies would take people out there and you could walk near it? Do you, do you think that's a good idea for tourists to be going near an, an active volcano? Well, I mean, the fact is is that it happens all the time, and uh, you know, it, I took my family down to Yellowstone volcano uh, just this summer. Um, that's a huge active volcanic system. Um, so it, it really is a balance between trying to uh, deal with the public interest uh, and the public safety. Yeah, I, mean, I can certainly see the appeal of it. I mean, it'd be really something to see and, and to witness, uh, you know, even if it's, it's active, but of course not erupting, but that'd be something to see. I can understand the attraction of it. Have you ever, in your research and your work, have you ever been near an, an act, a lot of active volcanoes? Oh, yeah, regularly. That's, that's sort of par for the course. Uh, I, I did my master's degree working on a volcano in Costa Rica, Arenal, uh, that was erupting every hour or so. Uh, I did my PhD work in, in Nicaragua on a volcano that has a boiling, roiling lava lake at the bottom of a crater, and it's pouring out gases. So, you know, I've worked on, on a range of active volcanoes around the world. Yeah. Um, and the key thing that really stands out is they're each different. Um, so, as a scientist, it's exciting, but it's also, you know, from a management perspective, and say in the case of New Zealand here, um, it's a very difficult job to try to understand these volcanoes and the signals that they give off, you know, in the lead up to an eruption. Is there any way to predict that an eruption is going to occur? No. Uh, the And, you know, at best you'll get us as a community saying we can maybe try to forecast a volcanic eruption. Um, it's even worse when we're looking at the minor eruption that we actually had here in, in, uh, in New Zealand on White Island. The type of eruption, it's what's called a phreatic eruption. So basically a steam explosion. Um, magma somewhere at depth had been heating up water in the subsurface. That pressurized and then exploded. Um, and this, the telltale signals for that are very subtle, very weak. Um, and White Island has a very good monitoring network, and yet 
um, you know, it, it was not something that you could, could predict with any accuracy. What about uh, active volcanoes that may be closer to us? I mean, people may not be aware, but there's one near Whistler, isn't there? Yeah, north uh, north of Pemberton, in fact, yeah. uh, Mount Meager uh, is a volcano that, that we've been uh, doing uh, quite a bit of work on, um, and uh, it's it's a huge, big, ice-covered volcano that's also the, the site of Canada's largest ever landslide uh, back in 2010. Uh, and Mount Meager is currently got volcanic gases uh, melting its way through the glacier called Job Glacier, um, and it's it's very unstable. So um, we've been working closely with a number of private sector partners, uh, as well as as uh, municipal and regional and federal government agencies, to try to get monitoring set up there. Um, and hopefully, we will have a the start of a of a monitoring system uh, this coming summer. Uh, is that one that tourists go to as well? It's, it's it's very remote. I understand, right? Difficult to get to. It is, yeah. The Canadian volcanoes, by and large, tend to be very big and, and very remote. Uh, there's a few uh, further north that I've worked on that are, are easier, but uh, in this situation at Mount Meager, you really have to go in by helicopter. So there are, um, you know, local guides that do take in um, tourists, um, and they do it safely. I've, I've worked with a number uh, of these guides, and the, in, in the case of Meager, the, the bigger risk is... Um, uh, like on the ice is the, the toxic gases that are coming out. And so they use appropriate uh, gas sensors to ensure that, uh, that the, the, their clients, the, the tourists, are, are safe. Um, and it's, these are skilled alpinists. Um, so, you know, it, it is a balance between, uh, you know, letting the community, the, the general public, access these, these potentially dangerous areas um, and the benefits of the broader education, getting people excited about science uh, and yeah. things like that, but also trying to ensure that they're they're safe. What would um, if Mount Meager were to erupt? Would that pose a threat to Lower Mainland or any other areas around there? Uh, well, that is uh, something that we've been uh, we've been studying. In fact, um, Mount Meager uh, ha- was Canada's Mount St. Helens. Uh, about a little over 2,400 years ago, it had a large explosion that sent ash, uh, we believe, all the way out into um, into Alberta, at least uh, past Jasper. Um, so it it is a big system. If you go up there, you can see huge pumice deposits all around. Um, one of my, my MSc students has been working on developing hazard maps for, for Mount Meager to try to see, well, you know, if the winds were going in the wrong direction, say further south, how often uh, would that happen and you know, could it impact the lower mainland? So these are the, the kinds of things that, that we're trying to do. The, one of the tricky things in the Canadian context is our volcanoes are not as active. Uh, so we don't have a, a monitoring network and we don't have a lot of information from historic events to try to, to get a better understanding on, on how they're going to behave. What about Mount Baker in Washington State? Yeah. Yeah, and, and Mount Baker is is something that uh, you know we need to be aware of. Uh, the United States Geological Survey recently went through a, an important exercise of assessing all of the the volcanoes in in uh, the western uh, U.S. and Mount Baker was identified as one site where they need to put more monitoring instruments on it. Um, you know, if it were to to erupt, one likely uh, sort of cause would be or um, result rather. 
uh, would be potentially melting of the ice uh, and snow on the, around the, the tops of the, the volcano, generating uh, lahars, essentially mud flows. And if they uh, went down the wrong valley, uh, you know, it could actually impact on, onto the Fraser Valley. Wow. Okay. I, that sounds like a good argument for monitoring these things. I mean, do we have monitoring systems in place? I think you mentioned earlier, you think we need more, right? Oh, we absolutely need more. The, the only uh, main uh, active monitoring system that we have is the broad earthquake network, uh, you know, for the next big one, uh, if you like. Um, but those are not close enough to the volcanoes to give us the, the, the early warning. So, you know, we're, we're working on trying to get these, um, you know, more instruments uh, spread out around the, the Canadian volcanoes so that we can build the baseline data. We we want to know what that volcano is doing when it's not doing anything at all. What's what's the background sleeping behavior so that we can then maybe look for those subtle telltale signals that it's starting to wake up, that things are, are changing. Um, but in the Canadian context, it's very difficult because most of the volcanoes are remote. Uh, they're hard to get to. They're expensive to get to. Um, so it's a non, it's not a trivial exercise to actually right. do this. So we're, you know, trying to bring in satellite monitoring and, and all sorts of different techniques. It's fascinating work. Thanks for coming on to talk about it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Glenn Williams-Jones, Simon Fraser University. He's a volcanologist.